Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Self-Initiative Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jim O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to episode 22. This episode, we're going to be talking about all things related to building out your Get Home Bag or your GHB. Uh, Get Home Bag is about uh, pulling together a bag of gear that you may find yourself needing should a situation occur where you're no longer able to drive your vehicle back home again and you want to make sure that you have the gear necessary to get you home effectively and uh, safely. Now, a get-home bag is uh, approximately supposed to be about 24 hours of equipment, and really what that boils down to is your water and food supply. Um, And a get-home bag is kind of like your predecessor to your bug-out bag, and a bug-out bag or your B.O.B. is... Uh, meant to uh, be able to supply you 72 hours worth of gear. And again, it really boils down to the food and water that you're carrying. So this episode, we're going to be covering all things uh, Get Home Bag. Uh, Specifically, I'm going to be walking you through what I carry in my Get Home Bag, so you at least have an understanding of options available, plus some core things that you need to consider and have available in your Get Home Bag or your GHB. And look, with this being said, this isn't about being a prepper. Not that there's anything wrong with that lifestyle or taking that approach, but this is about being prepared. And being prepared doesn't necessarily mean being to the nth degree of that, right? So we can have a plan, have some gear in place, uh, know what it is we're preparing for, and have everything necessary uh, together ahead of time. And that's really what this is about. So if you've been following us on Instagram, you know that for the last three weekends, we've been kind of giving you photos, glimpses into what we have in our get home bag. And so I want to cover that, obviously, uh, which covers hopefully the basics of what you would find in a get home bag. But again, I just want to share with you what I do with mine to hopefully inspire yours and give you some sense of what you should have in any get home bag you put together for yourself. So if you've been following us for a while, you probably saw our podcast 11, where we talked about safety in and around our vehicle. And in that podcast, one of the aspects that we talked about are things that we carry in our trunk or should keep in our trunk, things like a blanket. And this, it doesn't matter if it's summertime or wintertime, there's always a place for a blanket because you may need to treat somebody on the side of the road, for example, that's in shock. And a blanket always comes in handy. You may be stranded in your vehicle overnight in the cooler months of the year, and a blanket always comes in handy. Uh, your trauma kits, your first aid kits, your change of clothes, those sorts of things all should be on your trunk anyway. So a get-home bag is really just having kind of a condensed bag with all of these sorts of gear in it. And that too is kept in the trunk of your vehicle ideally. So what do I keep in mind? Well, let's talk about the bag at first. Um, I probably didn't follow the best piece of advice when it comes to the bag aspect because my bag does kind of have a tactical military vibe, feel, and look about it. It has a lot of straps. It has the mole attachments. But 
Um, it did come recommended for me. If I'm not mistaken, this bag is from Germany originally. Uh, you typically want to look for a 2300 to 2500 square inch size bag to get everything you need. Again, with the get home bag, you're looking to have about 24 hours worth of gear. And again, that time more has to do with your food and your water. But you want to allow for space for all the fundamentals. And so the bag that I got kind of came recommended, and it's what I wound up with. Ideally, for a get-home bag, you probably want something more subdued, something that doesn't look quite as military-esque or tactical in nature. But if that's what you wind up with and that's what you find a good deal on, so be it. It's for you and what you want to put in it, so don't sweat that too much. So relative to the key gear that you want to have in your get-home bag, uh, just at a high level, obviously first aid and trauma is paramount. You want to have first aid and trauma gear in there, everything from um, Band-Aids and ointment all the way to things like N95 uh, masks, trauma kits, tourniquets, Band-Aids, medical gloves, whatever it be. Um you want to make sure you have a solid first aid kit available in your GHB. Additionally, you want to think about things uh, as far as shelter goes. Uh, you might get stranded in your car, in which case, you know, that that blanket or that wintertime jacket that you keep in your trunk is going to come in handy. Beyond that, if you're outside your car making your way back, trekking your way back um, from wherever you get stranded at or whatever the scenario may be, you want to think in terms of shelter, so uh, emergency blankets, uh, tarps, uh, rain ponchos or rain jackets, all those things um, will help in that regard. Food is another one. Uh, water is paramount. You've got to carry water, at least a quart for 24 hours minimum, plus some snacks, uh, Perhaps ways of drinking uh, otherwise unsafe water might be something you would uh, take into consideration, but at the very least, some snacks, some power bars, some energy bars, uh, uh, a quart of water at the very minimum you want to have in there. Additionally, you want to think about a change of clothes, uh, and again, that's likely based on the time of year it is. You want to think about lighting and emergency communications, you know, perhaps a uh, weather radio of some sort, light sticks, flashlights, a head uh, headlight like from uh, Black Diamond or Petzl, uh, those sorts of things. And um, one of the other things that you want to carry, and again, this is all meant to be high level right now, is uh, consider uh, you might want to consider a firearm, knives, and additional ammo if you so choose. But again, the goal is to get you home from wherever you are, uh, and and it's with a 24-hour plan in mind. So let's talk about what I carry in my get-home bag. And again, this is going to vary. And so I just want to preface this up front, is I carry most everything to cover the basics, as we just mentioned. But... I don't necessarily carry everything that you might want to. You find yourself needing to or wanting to based on where you live and the type of conditions that might be possible where you live. 
And additionally, I don't necessarily carry the most expensive, best of equipment in my get home bag. Now, to explain that further is my get home bag is its primary and purpose. So if I were stranded and needed to get home, I could rely on everything in this bag. But a lot of the things that I carry in my bag are redundant to the things that I already carry on my person or in my vehicle. So the things in this bag, I I must admit, aren't necessarily the best of the best. And if you've been following us on Instagram over the last three weeks, you've seen photographs of literally everything that I carry in my bag. So just to explain that, it may not be the best of the best gear, but I really already carry a lot of the gear that you might find in a get-home bag, either in my car or on my person, including things like knives and flashlights, etc., So the bag that I mentioned earlier, you know, you don't have to spend a fortune on this thing. Uh, Ideally, it doesn't look tactical or military in in nature. But with that being said, you just want to find a good bag. I think the 23 to 25, 26 uh, hundred uh, square inches is a good size for a get home bag. Again, we're planning for 24 hours. The bug out bag needs to be considerably larger just because of the amount of water and food that you need to carry in it. But um, for the for the get home bag, the GHB, it can be smaller and ideally something more pedestrian than military or tactical in nature. But again, just find the deal that you can and roll with it. And, uh, you know, the key part is is to have enough compartments and space in it to carry the things that you need in your get-home bag to support you for 24 hours. So one of the key things, as I mentioned previously, is your first aid and trauma. And so this isn't necessarily just about carrying things like Band-Aids and ointment, although you might likely want to carry that in your GHB as well. But when I talk about first aid, I'm thinking more of the trauma side of things. So things like trauma packs with your cell ox and uh, blood clotting agents, uh, rolls of sterile gauze, N95 masks to put over your nose and mouth to keep particulates and smells and whatever else out. Um, because a t-shirt up, pulled up over your mouth and nose is not sufficient to keep those sorts of things out. Uh, medical gloves. So if you have to deal with a loved one or a stranger on the side of the road, you've got gloves to protect yourself. Uh, bandanas. Bandanas can serve so many purposes, whether it's as simple as a, f- uh, a water filtration system to tying up a sling for a broken or sprained arm. Uh, wrapping up a sprained ankle bandanas serve so many purposes it's a good idea to have them in there and I have them in mine Uh, additionally I have emergency blankets Uh, they are great at uh, keeping in uh, body heat and so these can come in handy for yourself or if you wind up on the side of the road working a car accident getting involved with that um an emergency blanket would be is great to have for that purpose. They're made out of mylar, and that reflective material really does a fantastic job in holding in body heat. Uh, additionally, uh, Israeli bandages, uh, SAM splints, 
is something else that I carry in my GHB. And again, uh, we won't necessarily do a deep dive in the trauma, what you should have in your trauma kit here, but we've uh, covered that topic in previous podcasts too. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. I think we have a podcast called Building Out Your Trauma Kits, and that would be an excellent one for you to listen to. And that's the sort of gear that you want to have available in your get home bag, certainly in addition to your basic first aid. As we mentioned, another important area to consider is your snacks, your food, your water supply. And and really having some snacks to carry you home for 24 hours is key, along with some water. I carry a, a clean canteen stainless steel quart of water in my pack at any given time. Much like batteries and your first aid and your food supplies that you carry, you're going to want to swap those items out. The food items typically have an expiration date, and believe it or not, so do trauma first aid items. So you want to pay special attention. Check those every 6 to 12 months to make sure they haven't expired. And the water that you carry in your get-home bag, you should swap out every so often as well. Uh, When you check your batteries, it's a good time. When you check your food or your trauma kit, whatever it may be, that's an excellent time to check your water and just go into the kitchen and fill it up with some fresh water again um, so that when you do need it, it's as fresh as possible at that time. Uh, One of the things that I carry in my get-home bag is a um, stainless steel mug so that if I needed to cook something or boil some water, I've got that. I carry a titanium spork, uh, you know, combination of uh, spoon and fork together. That's really going to come in handy if I need to cook some food and have a way to eat. Again, this isn't all the things you necessarily have to have in a, in a GHB. These are just the things that I carry in mind, thinking in terms of what could occur, what I might need. Uh, not that I carry it right now, but if I ever had a, a can of tuna or something similar, I might want a spork or something similar to be able to more easily eat that. I carry some uh, uh, power and protein bars like Cliff Bars, whatever they might be. And I actually carry a couple of freeze-dried meals as well. So um, technically, I I need that stainless steel mug so that I can boil the water for my freeze-dried food, if nothing else. I also carry a Life Straw, uh, L-I-F-E straw. It enables me to stick that straw down into questionable source of water and drink from it and hopefully filter out most of the bad things that I would take in otherwise if I were to try to drink from that water source directly. Uh, Those have an expiration date on them too, so it's good to check that and replace them. But that really gives you the flexibility that... You know, if you didn't have water on you or if you ran out of the water supply that you would otherwise be carrying with you, which you should, you would technically have a means of getting water, whether it's out of a puddle or a stream, worst case scenario. And then the other thing that I carry is a can opener. And the can opener that I carry got really good reviews and was hyped up, and I can't remember where I first saw it, but it's actually a can opener out of Japan. It's a manual operation. It's called Gandhi, G-A-N-G-Y. It's kind of a unique can opener. Once you see it and take a look at it, you'll understand what I'm talking about, but it comes highly recommended. You know, one of the considerations in your GHB, even though it is for short periods, 
is the weight of the overall pack. And look, with all the gear you're going to need to carry, especially with the water and the clothing and whatever else, you know, you want to think about all your ancillary items as, you know, keeping it as light as possible. So that's one of the things that I took in mind when I found this particular can opener. And, you know, if you're carrying things like uh, deviled ham or chicken or tuna fish, you might very well need a can opener. So it's always a good idea to include one of those. But the key being the food, the water, and then I think the stainless steel mug and the eating utensil are really the key takeaways from, from that lot of items that you might find yourself needing. Next on the list, which is equally important, this is something that you want to check out every so often, too, is a, a change of clothes. And it's really going to depend on the time of year as to what you pack in your get-home bag. But at any given time, uh, I'll tell you, I carry a pair of socks, a long pair of socks. Uh, I carry some cargo uh, 511 um, BDU cargo-type pants in mine. It just so happens to be what I carry, a, uh, a T-shirt. And then a belt. Uh, the belt comes in handy. A, it holds your pants up. Um, but more importantly, you can uh, put things on it like your, uh, if you so choose to carry a weapon, you can carry your uh, firearm holster on it, as well as a knife, especially if you have a fixed blade knife. So t-shirt, underwear, a belt, some long pants, socks. And the other thing that's important especially if disasters were to strike. You never know when you find yourself needing a good pair of work gloves. So I also carry a pair of leather uh, nylon uh, nylon work gloves in my get-home bag as well, uh, just to be as well-rounded as possible. Now, you should also plan on having a pair of shoes in your get-home bag, but I already carry a pair of boots in my trunk. So again, if I'm going to get stranded or have a situation where my vehicle is nearby or I'm, I'm making, I'm trying to get home in my vehicle and I can't, I've already got a lot of gear in my vehicle, as I mentioned earlier. So I don't necessarily have to worry about carrying everything in my get home bag, my GHB. But the point is, is that, you know, a, a set of clothing, a complete set of clothing is what you should consider. And if you don't have it in your car already, as I do, then you definitely need to have it planned for your get-home bag. Another very important piece of gear to carry in your GHB is some means of starting a fire. Uh, the best way to start a fire and the easiest way to start a fire is with a lighter, right? But perhaps, you know, it, it broke. It's a cheap gas station lighter, not a brand name, and it's not working. In my get-home bag, I carry multiple things. I carry three different ways of starting fire, and then I carry a couple of fire starters because I never know what conditions I'm going to find myself in, and I never know what the weather conditions are like or if there will be dry wood available or anything else. And look, you know, this is planning for worst-case scenario. With that being said, you might want to light a cigarette for yourself. Or if someone borrows a cigarette from you, you might be, want to be able to light their cigarette for them too. So nothing beats a, a lighter. Uh, I carry some waterproof matches in a waterproof container. 
I also carry a flint uh, magnesium stick and uh, flint so I could spark a fire. Worst case scenario, if the lighter and matches don't get it, you know, I still got a means to get a spark. I carry a bag of dryer lint, and I know that sounds crazy and extreme, but lint from your dryer trap, your dryer lint trap, really is a fantastic fire-starting tool. If you uh, soak it in candle wax or petroleum, it's going to burn even better, but dryer lint is really a great fire-starter. But on the market, they also make this stuff called Wet Fire. I think that's the brand name, of, brand name of it. It's called Wet Fire. And it's basically cotton soaked in petroleum jelly. Between all of that stuff, you're going to be able to start a fire. And so it's important you have some fire starting equipment in your get home bag. And that's what I carry in mine. Some of the other things that I carry in my get-home bag are notepad and pens. Uh, You never know when you need to make a note that you think you won't remember later, or maybe you're writing down directions or events that occurred. I can't emphasize having a notepad and uh, pen available at any given time. It's a good idea for you. Even if you didn't have a get-home bag, having a way to capture notes and refer to them later is fantastic. I carry a write-in-the-rain notepad. I have a space pen and a regular pen in my bag. Uh, Additionally, it's a good idea to carry carry local area maps. I happen to have a general uh, Georgia map in mine as well as a very basic Atlanta map just so if things go south, I have some way of finding out where I'm at and at least major thoroughfares of helping me get where I'm going. Now, if you're like me, which I hope that you are, you know, if you're coming from work or someplace local, you know how to get home already, but you never know when those routes are blocked or have been shut down. Uh, Maybe there's rioting, whatever it could be, you need to have alternative routes uh, to take. And so with that being said, I personally also have a a Silva compass in my get-home bag that I carry. Uh, With that being said, I would advise you to learn the basics of map reading and compass utilization. But those are just, again, this is about what I carry in mine and hopefully gives you some ideas about what to put into yours. Again, carrying the fundamentals of what should be in a get-home bag, the next clump of items that I carry, and I've tried to categorize these as best as I can for you just for ease of digestion and processing, is I, I, I carry lights and communication. And what I carry in my GHB bag, again, is kind of redundant of what I already have on my person some of the time or in my car. Other things are specific to the get-home bag. So things that are specific to the get-home bag is a hand-cranked weather radio Uh, Mine happens to be a Red Cross, American Red Cross version. It's got a hand crank on the side. You power it up that way, and then you can tune in and uh, listen to local weather. Uh, Some of them have USB uh, plugs so that you can connect USB uh, electronics and turn the hand crank and charge those. I'm not 100% certain if the weather radio that I have, the hand cranked radio that I have, has a USB but I do carry a um, 
a USB battery charger separate that I keep charged up. Again, like your first aid, your water and your food, your batteries. You want to keep anything that requires recharging. You want to keep an eye on that and make sure that it's recharged. So that's something that you want to get out. So I have a separate battery pack that I can plug my phone or whatever into. And it's got enough of a charge to get my phone back up to full charge again if need be. Uh, you just want to make sure that that thing's charged so that when your cell phone's dead and you find yourself needing to charge it, that your backup charger's not dead too. Additionally, I carry uh, some signaling devices. I carry an emergency whistle, which is loud as all get out. I actually carry a signaling mirror, which, you know, reflecting light can be invaluable in getting someone's attention, whether from ground or air. I carry a couple of glow sticks that I can pull out of their package and snap them in half and they'll glow for a number of hours. I can leave those. I can use those as lighting on my person. Uh, I can hold them in my hand and they'll kind of sort of light the way for me if absolutely need be. Or I can drop them along the way and use them for ways of people finding the route that I've taken. So having light sticks is invaluable. I carry a flashlight, which means you also need to have the batteries fresh and up to date. It's recommended that you don't keep the batteries in the device because batteries over time, especially if you keep them in the trunk of your car, have a tendency of uh, deteriorating and corroding in the device, you know, in the, in the flashlight or whatever you're carrying them in, which renders that device useless. So carry your battery separate, but I do carry a flashlight and I actually carry a, um, a kind of like a, a hiking slash caving headlight headlamp as well, just as an alter, uh, alternative. I think it's a Petzl, which, which, which requires a couple of AAA batteries. So again, don't store the batteries in the equipment, store them separately, but just make sure that they're um, fresh and usable, and you'll want to check things in your bag about every six to 12 months, as I mentioned previously. The flashlight is a cheap flashlight that I keep in my bag. I didn't go out all, all out on it, but again, I generally have a, a flashlight on my person. I carry a Streamlight, which is a, a pretty darn decent flashlight. The one that I keep in my GHB is just a cheap Chinese uh, version uh, just to have available should I not have my normal flashlight available or as a backup or spare, and that's always a good idea as well. Additionally, you may or may not decide this. Uh, well, first of all, let me back up for a minute. So it's a good idea to carry some sort of knife. Again, generally I have one or two blades on me at any given time, but I am looking to carry an additional fixed blade in my get-home bag. I also carry a Gerber multi-tool and. Gerber makes some good multi-tools, as does Leatherman, so your choice there. In my get-home bag, it happens to be a Gerber currently. You may or may not decide for yourself to carry some sort of firearm. I do keep a firearm in my get-home bag because I may or may not have my primary carry firearm on me. Perhaps I'm coming from someplace that didn't permit me to have uh, my firearm on me. Uh, case in point would be my place of business, my day job. I can't carry a firearm there. So when I do get to the car, if I don't have another firearm available, it's important that I have one 
that I can get to. And so I keep one in my get home bag at all times. I keep a couple of magazines full of ammo ready to go. And then I keep at least a partial box of additional ammo in my get home bag as well. I carry, uh, I have available in the trunk of my car a couple of different uh, holsters. I carry an inside the waistband concealable holster in the trunk of my car. But in my get home bag, it just so happens that I have a Blackhawk Serpa. Personally, I, I avoid wearing the Serpa uh, holsters because the finger release kind of positions my index finger where if I were to unholster that firearm in a rapid manner, it might align my finger with the trigger. And so I run the risk of potentially hitting the trigger unintentionally. So I would recommend a different holster altogether. My thought in carrying this particular one when I put it in there was, A, I had it. B, if it was wintertime, I'd be more likely to carry outside the waistband because while I want to remain concealed and not open carry, having a outside the waistband holster underneath a jacket or something is a lot easier to get to than an inside the waistband in the wintertime. So I'm going to let you decide what holster you choose for yourself and which one you've trained with the most and you're most comfortable with. But I carry both a Blackhawk Serpa in my bag, but I also have an inside the waistband crossbreed uh, that I can grab for this particular firearm. Uh, the firearm that I have in my bag is not my primary, you know, like a lot of things, it's not necessarily my primary or my go-to, but it's just there because if I have to grab my get-home bag, I need the things that I need at that time. I carry a Ruger SR9C in my get-home bag, 9mm. Again, I carry a couple magazines full of ammo and then a at least a partial box, if not a full am, a box of ammo to support that. I carry a Mora knife uh, fixed blade in there. They're cheap. Uh, Mora knives are fantastic knives. You can pick them up for $15 to $30. You can spend more on them if you want. But if you want a, a reliable fixed blade knife, I, I can't recommend the Mora knife. I think they're a Swedish knife, if memory serves. Uh, you can't find a better knife for the money out there period, hands down. So that kind of carries my tools and weapons uh, options. And again, you don't have to do that. If you're not comfortable carrying knives and firearms, uh, that's okay. I, I certainly recommend carrying some sort of knife in your get-home bag, but that's entirely up to you. The last area of items that I carry in my get-home bag have to do what I just generally label as shelter. Uh, we talked about the emergency blankets in context of our trauma and first aid gear, but in this context, I also like to bring up the option of being able to carry a reflective bivy sack. It's really like an emergency blanket, but in the shape of a, of a mummy sleeping bag. And this gives you options, whether someone you're with or come across uh, needs uh, to be kept warm because they're in shock or maybe it's in the middle of the winter time and they've been in a car wreck on the side of the highway or you find yourself stranded, these inexpensive uh, metallic reflective bivy sacks really can come in handy. 
And while paracord serves a lot of different purposes, I kind of clumped it in with my shelter uh, categorization. Uh, a good paracord uh, has 500, 550 plus pounds of tensile strength to it. You can do a lot of things with paracord. In the context of shelter, you can run a line between two trees and drift your tarp over it and make a makeshift lean-to or tent. Uh, with that being said, I do have a tarp, an 8x10 tarp in my get-home bag. It's camouflage. The idea being if things in the world really got crazy and turned south and I found myself having to get home, got stranded and needing to get home, and I was walking in between major thoroughfares and needing to spend the night in the woods, Maybe I might want or need some camouflage to stay more low profile. Again, this is kind of the extreme of things, but it could happen, right? It's all about being prepared, not being paranoid or being a prepper, but just having some things in consideration to help us be better prepared. So in this case, for my shelter, I chose camouflage. Additionally, I also have an army surplus uh, rain poncho in my bag. Now, this one happens to be a Swiss poncho. I don't know exactly how I wound up with a Swiss poncho. I think all of this stuff I bought off of Amazon um, because everything today's uh, you can find off of Amazon. But this happens to be a Swiss uh, poncho, and a poncho can come in handy. A, it can be used as what it's intended for, which is a rain poncho to keep you dry in inclement weather. Uh, if you didn't have a, have a tarp or if you need an additional type of tarp, you can use a poncho for shelter as well. And worst case scenario, maybe you need to cover your, your get-home bag. Maybe you need to cover your backpack as you wear it in the rain. Maybe you, when you uh, bunker down for the night, you're lashing your backpack to a tree to keep it up off the ground, and you want to wait a, a means to cover it. A poncho or a tarp can serve multiple purposes when you're looking for shelter. So these are the sorts of things. These are the things that I carry. And again, if you have an Instagram account, I highly recommend you following us there at the Self-Initiative Project. Uh, for the last three weekends, we've posted pictures of the gear that we've talked about in this podcast of what I carry in my GHB. And again, this isn't about becoming a far extreme prepper. You don't have to do that. This is just about getting prepared, being prepared for things that could happen, even severe weather. And again, using the uh, snowpocalypse that we had here in Atlanta those years ago is a prime example of a time that you may find yourself wanting or wishing you had a get-home bag uh, because so many people were stranded roadside during that storm. So it's not far-fetched to think that these sorts of things can come in handy. Uh, with that being said, there are a few additional items that I'd like to mention to you that I don't carry directly in my GHB, but it might be a good idea for you to consider having on your person or available. And if you keep it in your get home bag, that's fine too. Uh, the three items that I would mention to you as being handy that you might want to consider. One is cash. Cash is always good, right? And if things were to go south out there in an extreme situation, 
the, the banks might be down. Credit cards may not work. Uh, folks, uh, individuals may not have a means of taking credit cards. Entities may not trust credit cards at the point in time, depending on what's going on. Cash is always good. Quick purchases. Uh, working with individuals that wouldn't otherwise have credit cards as a purchasing option. You can't go wrong with having $100, $200 available. Uh, another thing is a flask of liquor. Now, you may not drink, and that's fine. Uh, you may not want to be uh, drinking while trying to get home in 24 hours, but you never know when that comes handy. If it's cold, it may warm you up on those cool nights. Uh, if you get injured, alcohol may be a means to sanitize a wound. Additionally, alcohol can be used as a social elixir. It is a social elixir, right? So maybe you need information for someone. Maybe you want to come off friendly and warm up to someone quickly. Offering them a sip of alcohol is potentially a really good way to make a friend when you need one. Uh, the third item that I could recommend you keeping in your get-home bag is a pack of smokes. Again, you may not smoke cigarettes, and that's okay. But uh, a friendly smoke, a bartering tool, uh, allowing someone to bum one off with you, uh, bum one off of you can make a friend really quick and get you information that you need or just ensure your safe passage. You never know. Alcohol and cigarettes have a funny way of making friends and uh, giving you a, a currency beyond cash or money to get you through things or get you information that you wouldn't otherwise be able to secure to yourself for yourself. So I would recommend those three additional things as considerations for your get home bag. Again, weight is a little bit of a consideration, but with the water and whatever else weight is going to be a factor, you just want to find a pack that enables you to carry all the gear you want to carry and somewhat comfortably to get you home. Again, this isn't a long-term solution. This is meant as a 24-hour type of uh, resource for yourself to get you back to your house where you can then grab other equipment or get your bug-out bag. Again, the bug-out bag is really just a 72-hour version of your get-home bag. So with that, I hope we've helped you think about having some more gear available to you, uh, especially in your vehicles, because you never know the situations that could occur that would cause you to need to get, have a get-home bag. And we've given you some ideas of what you should have in that and how it could be used. We like to thank our listeners again for listening to the Self-Initiative Project podcast. Hopefully you're able to take away a piece of information, something to make you change the way you've been doing things, or at very least something to make you think about something you necessarily haven't thought about before. We hope you enjoyed this episode on building your get-home bags and what to keep in them. If you like what you hear, please feel free to tell your friends and family. We'd love to have them come and listen, and hopefully they can take away a valuable piece of information too. And if you like what you're hearing, please feel free to review and rate us out there on the interwebs and the sources where you listen to our podcast from. And we'll look forward to talking to you the next time. Thanks so much for tuning in.